Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Pastor Brad and Christy Webb. Today, we have a brand new episode, and it's titled, Don't Lose Heart. So, let's see what our hosts have for us today. Here they are, Pastor Brad and Christy. Hey, Christy and Bree, how are you? Hi. We're great. It's great to be back with our podcast family as we're catching our rhythm back again. We're excited about being here today with you and our conversation. We're back. We're relaxed. Took a little time off. We are. We are fired up. We celebrated our wedding anniversary, 11 years together. 11 years. There's been a lot of real talk in those 11 years. (laughs) A lot of years. (laughs) It is a lot of years. It seems seems like a lot of years and then it seems like no years. You know, it's it like no time it at all. It's crazy how time works. It's quick. When so thank you to everyone who gave us the shout out for our anniversary, the words of affirmation, encouragement. We appreciate you thinking and taking time to just pass on a simple greeting or um, salutation in regards to that. Salutation. I was very impressed with that post. I'm so proud of you. Hey, and, and you know what our listener audience doesn't know is that I did that all by myself. All by yourself. He did. All by himself. In fact, it was, it was wonderful. Like I was Were pleasantly surprised? surprised. I was scrolling through Facebook and there was a post from Pastor Brad that I did not have anything, have to, anything, do anything with. to do with. It. So for a split second, like I panicked. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, oh, this is so sweet. Like that was <laughs> the thought process. And so that actually leads into our conversation for today, man, not losing heart. This is a subject that is very near and dear to my heart because the epidemic of people who are discouraged and overwhelmed and and struggling, uh, the numbers continue to rise on a continual basis. And matter of fact, our, our sermon Sunday had to do with this. And after it was over, I told Christy, I would really like to have further dialogue about that subject and moving forward. As we were preparing for this sermon, uh, getting ready for it, um, the world was shocked by the news of uh, Naomi Judd, who, uh, what, 76 years old, and um, uh, fighting depression and mental health, and actually one day before being inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame, um, ended up taking her life uh, because of mental Mental illness, they call it, but at the end of the day, it was just because you completely lost heart. And it's amazing when we think about that because the Bible literally teaches us in 2 Corinthians 4, do not lose heart. He says it twice in one chapter. Again, in verse 16 of chapter 4 of Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians, do not lose heart. You know, And so when we think about that, it is so easy to lose heart. Matter of fact, if you would think about how many times a day we lead into a statement that says it feels, I feel a certain way because our feelings guide us and control us so much. And with that, it's amazing how our feelings are true and they're relevant and we have to deal with our feelings, but they are not always our best guide to lead us in the direction that we need to go. They are definitely not. They're based on a lot of things, um, very human standard, I would say. Um, your circumstances, your just, I mean, it could, you know, mm-hmm. the way your kids acted this morning before they got in the car to go to school, the way, you know, the the tone of voice that someone else spoke to you in can affect, all of that can affect your feelings, and you have to stop and rein it in and think, mm-hmm. what 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 is the best way to 
what what is best to base on base your everything on reaction yeah it's amazing when you do that and I was thinking about that and if you saw our post for our anniversary I just shared that you know I just thank Christy so much for taking me in uh loving me um at a and not a high point in my life and um actually uh the twins taking us in under your wing and uh loving us and making us your family and not just making us your family but completely relocating your life i know um wow it's i, I think about this uh how you could be retiring right now had you just stayed the course and uh <laughs> she had 16 years going on 17 when we got married 11 years ago and so um yeah, I was thinking about Regina Green retiring, and I was like, oh, I hope Christy don't make the correlation there and start hating <laughs> on me. But, uh, you know, Christy, Christy and I, if you don't know our story, we met when we were in high school. We were becoming going into our senior year, and both of us went to church camp at the same place, Glorietta, New Mexico. And um, we uh, had went there, and... When you went to your classes, they put you in there by um, your age, your birthdays. And um, everybody that went with me in my church, um, I have a late birthday. And so nobody was in my group. I was literally in this group by myself. And uh, so I went into there, went to this group, and there was Christy and her friends. And they were. Uh, I had just, a big group of friends. You had a big group. I was we, by myself. We, I don't know um, why, but we all ended up in the same group. Our whole group that went together. It was your birthday. It was all about your birthday. Because I went there with friends who were my same age numerically, but was in a whole different group. And so, anyway, I was there by myself. And so, her friend group was kind enough to let me tag along. And uh, and so, that's when we met. And then we went to each other's high school proms. And one thing happened or another. And uh, it was just a, a high water mark in my life. And we were gently reprimanded because I called Christy sexy on the podcast and they told me I shouldn't do that. But nevertheless, when I went to prom, uh, I felt like, was I, it your children? I felt, no, no, no. I felt like I had the most beautiful prom date in all the world there. And I was so proud. And then life happened, went to college. She went to her college. I went to mine and one thing or another. And so when, when, uh, 2009 rolled around in 2010, uh, man, uh, you may not know this about me, but, uh, I went, went through a pretty traumatic divorce and, um, it was very, a very low point in my life. And so when we talk about losing heart and stuff, and, uh, that's so sent that's so close to my heart. Um, and, and I, I just know what it's like, uh, to find yourself in that situation. And so, when I was going through actually counseling for that, um, they my counselor had me go back and review my life in 10-year increments, and you would write down all the negative stuff that happened in 10 years and then all the positive stuff. And when I got to the second 10, I was writing down the positive stuff. Christy was in there, and I was like, I wonder whatever happened to her. And so I Googled her, and uh, it said she was single. <laughs> and I was like, me. there's no way that girl's still single. We're, we're too old to be single, you know. Oh, so, oh, I was too old and, to be uh, single. We, we were 36 <laughs> years old. I mean, I know, most people were not single at 36. And uh, and so anyway, I actually. I am not most people. Uh, took a, a <laughs> shot at her email uh, because she was a teacher and I guessed at it. And it ended up to her randomly. And it took a while for her to reply. It seemed like about three weeks for her to reply to that I think email. it was two days. But um, <laughs> As again, I said it was like three weeks. But, it was like two days. She but, was living um, her life. Forty-eight hours later. But um, 
little did I know she was running around telling her friends, you're not going to believe this, Brad Webb emailed me. So <laughs> her email response to me went this way on September. It had been a long time. On September the 23rd. I it said, went this do you way. remember Brad Webb? And then I said, he emailed me because it had been a while. <laughs> And so uh, it said, Brad Webb, oh, are you having a midlife crisis? Oh, my <laughs> Lord. You know, I've never gotten this far in the story. You always uh, stop it. I, I did. I don't her. know that it was, it, hey, Brad Webb, are you having one? But but yeah. I, it was in the email. And yes, so I did anyway, ask Anyway, that's what, what started things going. And so. And here we are. Uh, here we are. 11 years later. 12 years later. 12 years later. More than that. 12 and a half. So, yeah. This is the late, late fall of 2009 when I sent that email. And so. So anyway, when we think about this, um, you know, it, it, Christy, you've loved our family. You've loved our girls. Uh, we went on our honeymoon. Matter of fact, the, the twins uh, sent us a, a text on our anniversary. And our honeymoon was in Jamaica. And um, their response to Christy was, thank you for coming back from Jamaica. Because they were just scared to death that we weren't coming back. They literally thought they were just like, we were just leaving and, and not so, coming back. Oh, and so they, oh, they cried and cried and cried. We left the girls standing in front of the little place where we had our reception. Mm-hmm. And that's all I remember is Tammy's going, they'll be fine. They'll be, back. they'll be fine. Y'all go ahead. And Brad and I were both like, we probably shouldn't leave them because they're like screaming, crying. And, oh, my Lord. And, you know, the adults that understand the situation are like, they're fine. Y'all go ahead. And so literally uh, her reply to us was, hey, 11 years later, I still want you to know I'm so grateful you came back from Jamaica. <laughs> yes. And our reply hey, to them was... Left. Well, we did. Uh, thank you very much, but we may not come back from our trip. That's right. This week, <laughs> this week's questionable. We but. had some friends, uh, friends of the podcast, matter of fact, and and let us borrow a place uh, on the lake, and so we got away for a few days, and we said we may not leave this place till they run us out. That's so right. become we squatters, but we did. We did. We came back. We did, and, and here we are being responsible, responsible again, adults. So. We got our children to school on Monday, and. So that's a little bit of my story, which leads into this conversation today, you know, about not losing heart because it is so real and it's so relevant. And um, so many times the reality is that we're looking at the circumstances around us and we're looking at all the adjectives that describe the circumstances but we're not looking at the literal issue. And in that literal issue, if we really begin to focus on it, there is so much good that is there. There's so much there that's great. But you're not focusing on the good. But all of those adjectives, because, you know, we can come up with a bunch of them. They keep our eyes from being on reality and continue to place them on the situation and our feelings and our circumstances. And so, you know, it's amazing. Um, I mean, love can build a bridge. That was... You, you know, Naomi and Wyoming. 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> Naomi. A Winona. And Winona. I was like, man, I never that, heard that name. That was the band in our era of uh, of the, the 90s. Judds. You know, the, the Judds. And uh, we listened to them, and they played and performed all across the United States. And one of the things is it doesn't matter how successful you are, how many accolades you may have, how much money you have, and how much you don't have. At the end of the day, we have to be get very careful that we focus on where we are in our future and what's ahead of us because there's so much ahead of us that can be so life-changing and so wonderful, but we can't let what's behind us rob us of what's in our future. We just stay in that 
you know, you fall in a hole and, and literally in life, if you fall in a hole, you step in a hole or whatever, you don't just sit there and, and stay there forever. You know, you, you climb out, you get help, you do whatever, but in an emotional, uh, mental, I guess you would say, you know, when, when setbacks happen and stuff, you don't feel like you can reach out a lot of times and say, because you feel like you just stay in your little hole that you can dig your way out or it'll get better or whatever. And a lot of times you need, you know, to reach out and say, I need help. I'm, I need to, I need help in my situation. My situation's driving me crazy. That's so true too. And one of the things that I learned is that mental, mental health and emotional health is disregarded. Um, it's not given the same, uh, standard. It's not given the same measure of importance as physical health. Um, you know, if you get physically sick, you will go to whatever extremes you can to get better. You know, whether that's a, uh, uh, drug that is still being tried. I mean, you'll be the guinea pig for a trial drug if that's what it may take to get you better physically. Right. But yet when it comes to emotionally, uh, losing heart emotionally, being bogged down psychologically, it seems that we just have the old pull yourself up by the bootstrap adage. You know, I got to just slug my way through this. I got to fight my way through it. And um, we do. We have this mindset that we should be um, stronger than we are, you know, and um, almost scared to say that we're struggling, you know, that we're having a hard time. And a lot of times we, we you think it's a one-time thing. You know, oh, well, I went through something, I, I got help or whatever, and but we don't maintain it a lot of times. And we talk so much about on this podcast, I know this is not the first time we've ever said it, that you have to take care of, you know, yourself for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you have to stop and say, I need me time or whatever. And whether that time is to go talk to a friend, go talk to a therapist, go talk to a counselor, whatever, you know, or it's literally just to sit and not talk to anybody. And sometimes that's what you need. You just need some downtime, sleep you need time. Just somebody to listen to. You're not looking for answers. You're just needing to get some stuff out. Right. You know? And so we talk so much about that. But, and, and people kind of just shake it off and say, oh, you're fine. I'm fine or whatever. And that was the thing about Naomi Judge. She was very open about the fact that she, mm-hmm. she had fought depression and different things in her life. But at the same time, um, you know, it wasn't, she wasn't at the forefront saying, this is something I'm fighting. She was at home. She was getting ready to what would have been a, a, a lot of people would have been a, an accolade in her career the day, the day before. She, right, right. The day she died the day before she was being inducted into the Hall of Fame, the Country Music Hall of Fame. And so it, you know, it was a, a big deal to a lot of people. Whereas I think that might have been a stressor or an anxiety situation for an anxious situation for her, knowing she had to go out and face that crowd And, but even as honest as she was about it, she was still overwhelmed by it. And it's just such a constant and ongoing thing. And we think, okay, I've had my one thing, move on and let's do, you know, let me focus on something else. And you do that, but you have to realize that, again, as we keep saying, go and take care of yourself, it it comes back and it's not a one-time thing all the time. The other part about that too, that's so interesting that you bring up, Christy, is that when you think about the the dynamic of that, we feel, again, we feel like I should be stronger than this. I feel like this shouldn't hold me back. It shouldn't um, limit me 
but it is limiting me. And our bodies are made, God made our bodies in a way that <clears throat> emotionally, uh, as a matter of fact, when I was going through this time, the Lord gave me a verse, and it was where Jesus, and it went all the way back to Deuteronomy, but he said, I want you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And um, what was interesting about that is that in that one verse, Jesus shows us that we have four capacities that we can show love in. And I know people who are part of Family of Grace are tired of hearing me say this, but it's so important because just because you're healthy physically doesn't mean you're okay if you're struggling psychologically or vice versa, you know? And so with that, I mean, you can be great mentally, but if your body gets really sick physically, everything pulls down and they're all linked together. And so how are we taking care of ourselves? you know, in every capacity? There's so much emphasis on the physical. Go to the gym, do this regimen, you know, lose this weight. But how are we losing weight mentally? How are we losing weight psychologically? How are we dropping emotional weight and baggage? You know, the writer of Hebrews 12 says, therefore, lay aside every weight that so easily ensnares us and let us run the race. But when you think about that, it's not just physical weight. It's like, man, we are bogged down emotionally, and we can be bogged down and uh, physically. And then there's this, there's this whole part, you know, like Christy's been blessed, and um, you know, she, she's never really struggled. You've never really struggled. It's not my story to tell with uh, depression or stuff like that. And so, no. you have a harder time identifying with it. I do. Someone who does, you know. But I have come to realize that. Um, the whole pull yourself up by your bootstraps or whatever that is, you you have to recognize when um, I I try really hard not to say I empathize with anybody because I I don't know in this situation, but I have recognized that you just they just need you to listen sometimes, but that sometimes they need you to say it's okay to go get some a professional to help you. Mm-hmm. Because so many th- people think that it's not okay, you know, oh, well, let me just complain to my friend, or let, I just need to vo- vo- voice this, and then I'm okay. But so many people are trained to help these other pe- these people, you know, and you need someone sometimes that is a professional that can say, let me ask you, even if it's just a series of questions, answer the, these questions for me. And um, But they feel like if they go one time, it's a weakness, or it's looked at wrong, or whatever. And again, like you said, in the physical realm, if, you know, if you cut your foot, you're not going to say, oh, well, let me go get my friend to sew it back up for me. Right. Yeah, Trust me, right. if I'm the friend, you're in trouble because mm-hmm. I'm going to pass out or throw up on you. Mm-hmm. So just tape it up. It'll be all right. Yeah, just tape it up. It's all right. Well, you've got this scar to live with for the rest of your life or whatever, mm-hmm. or this infected foot. But you don't, you don't hesitate to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to emotional or mental or whatever, <clears throat> mm-hmm. we do not do that. And and I do think we're doing better in As in the society, in I, the world, but I do not think we're good. And I think one it. of the reasons that we're more aware of it, I think I think more maybe more than better, we're more aware of it, you know, because they've literally moved the mortality rate prior to COVID. Of course that changed everything with all the people that had to pass away from that unexpectedly. But you know, prior to COVID in 2019, our mortality rate, the life expectancy of people was on the decline for the first time since the 60s, like your life expectancy. And the thing that they accounted to for that was depression and drug addiction. 
And so because of that, I think the awareness became a whole lot more better. I think we're doing a better job trying to stay aware of it. But I think we still struggle. People still struggle with thinking it's okay to go get someone to help them. One thing I learned from that, and I think in the Christian community, we need to be very careful because we have this cliche that, well, you just need to pray more. You just need to read your Bible more. Well, I'm praying all I can pray. You know, I'm on my 21st day of prayer and fasting, and I'm still depressed, and I'm reading my Bible, and I'm crying through Psalms, but I'm still struggling because sometimes, you know, you need somebody to help you unpack the junk in your trunk, in your psychological trunk. And it's the same way of just telling somebody who's sitting there dying of a heart problem, oh, just sit there and read the Bible more. Sit there and pray more. You'll be okay. Like, no, you need a heart, like, cath, a stitch. Something needs to be done. You need to remove the blockage. Right, right. That's a good point. And Bray's like, I don't know all the words, but you need something. something. There's There's a doctor who went to school for a very long time for this. They can help you. That's right. And what happened to me, and and I I do want to apologize probably to the people who were in the first – first 10, 11 years of my ministry because, you know, gosh, I have to say, man, that's kind of the camp I was in, you know, let me, how can we help you pray more, read the Bible more? And when I went to see a professional to help me for the first time, I almost came, I came home. I was just sad. I was like, gosh, I just didn't know what I didn't know. And, you know, my policy now is if you come see me as a pastor and I can't help you in three times, I'm going to send you out for, I'm going to send you to a professional, professional you know, I'm a professional pastor, which means I'll be your greatest cheerleader. I'll be your greatest advocate. Give your professional counselor my number, tell them how to help you, how to walk along beside you. Let me be the partner with you, uh, with them and with you as we walk this thing out. But man, we just don't know what we don't know. And I think a lot of people today that are listening to this, because almost every family is affected by somebody struggling from losing heart. And, uh, man, it didn't say don't lose faith. It said don't lose heart. And uh, you can have faith and still be losing heart. I think this is very timely. I mean, just even on my timeline recently, I have seen where, like, just off, like, I can name three young women who have, you know, who are no longer here because they felt that was their only option. Even with the last, you know, week or so, there was, um, she was on Tyler's and TR's, like, that she was 16 years old, she had just gone to prom, just got a driver's license, all this kind of stuff, or there's another girl, she, I think she was on prom, or um, homecoming court, and she was a cheerleader at Southern University, like, this wow. week. And then, you know, the um, pageant like, queen, who committed suicide back in yeah, like Miss, Amer- Miss, Miss America, America, Miss USA, something Chrisley, like that. Yeah, back in January. So I mean, it's it's so sad and it's so real. And I think you know a lot of people are losing heart. And being a Christian doesn't make you immune to it. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, it may, maybe it makes you more exposed to it because we begin to develop this mindset. Well, I shouldn't be struggling. I'm a Christian, right? You know right. why? Am I, why that, am I struggling like this? Why, why isn't God doing this or God doing that? Because I am a Christian. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree that we might have a harder time with it. You know, one of the things that, um, as Brad was bringing up, I Googled the phrase because I wanted it to come up to, I did not write down when you were talking earlier, what um, Second Corinthians it came up. And when I noticed that I, I typed in the phrase, do not lose heart, it's not just in Corinthians. God said it to the Corinthians, but he also said it to the Galatians in, mm-hmm. in chapter six, 
Jesus said it in John 14. Peace I leave to you, not as the world gives you, not to let your hearts be troubled. Mm -hmm. Um, He says it again in John 16. In Philippians, they write again, do not be anxious. Um, And again in Colossians, you know, all of this to say, don't be upset about what you're you're in right now. Don't lose heart as you're going through. I'm going to give you, and he says it over and over. It's not just one person in the Bible that he says, hey, or one church even in the Bible. He says it to all these different people because we all in our own time need to be reminded at some point to to not give in to whatever we're negative things we're thinking or negative things that are happening around us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's so easy and especially, you know, social media brings so much negativity in that you forget or you think at you look at it and say, oh, well, there's nothing negative on there and I feel so negative. Mm-hmm. You have to remember that that's a one second picture well and you're getting a, a try you're getting a, As a polished <laughs> clip of somebody's life <clears throat> that they're wanting you to have the perception that they're living right and in many cases it's not even the true reality yeah i had a uh conversation with jess archer who is also a friend of the podcast um you know social media only allows you to see what they are allowing you to see like you're only getting what they're allowing you to see right and you're not going to post you know, you crying for the last 15 minutes in the ugly car. crying. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to, that's not what you're going to see. Yeah. Because number one, you don't want to post it. Number two, you don't think the world wants to see it. Right. But at the same time, you're showing this face, this one second, literally, of a face. Whereas, right. like you said, that 15 minutes that 15 of crying minutes of as crying. opposed yep. to that 15 minutes or that entire day where you did not want to get out of your pajamas and get out of bed and it wasn't just because you wanted to be lazy. Right. You literally didn't feel like you could get out of bed. But let me stop and do this one second of a picture mm-hmm. and put it on and say something, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's so easy to get upside down in today's world and in, in in your perception of other people, in your self perception of yourself, you know, your self um, image. Mm-hmm. It's just so easy to get upside down in it these days. And this is the one area that the church has not done well in leading on the 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 uh, larger body of the church. I'm not saying some churches have not, but the the church, the national, the global church, the church church, uh, has not done well. We focus so much on the spiritual, you know, that we want to make sure people are going to heaven, but their life on earth may feel like hell on their way to heaven. And, um, you know, we, we, a lot of churches won't let you be real. Like they won't let you be honest about who you are. Because there's this perception in the Christian movement that you have to have it all together, especially in the decades that we grew up, Christy. And it's like, you know, man, I hope they don't find out about my kid. I hope they don't find out about my marriage problems and that kind of stuff, you know. And and it's amazing um, how that transpires in our life. And um, the church, for many people, really and truly kick you when you're down. And uh, understand that's just a representation of a specific group of people but not of the characteristic of christ that we're supposed to be living out right i tossed that to you and you were like whoa i'm Um, not biting on that i'm still no i'm still like you know processing it all but we're not living like we should be living as the characteristic of christ is what i was and so still chewing on and with that sorry with that it's um heavy you know because how do i find the place where i can be real and so 
the thing that we want you to know is that it's never as bad as it really seems. True. Because God can always take our uh, brokenness and completely rework it and remake it, refashion it in something that can become a trophy of grace. And he uses it, you know, um, just like you have in your story. There, There's a divorce in your story. And so many times people have said, you know, that has opened up an opportunity for not me. I, I haven't personally gone through the divorce, but I've gone through the mixture of family and, mm-hmm. you know, the step parenting and the, the joining joining family that already mm-hmm. created family and coming alongside that and stuff. And, and people have opened up to me and said, well, you know how it is when, you know, mm-hmm. when you're yeah. shuffling kids between parents or you're doing whatever and you're, you know, what parents going to show up at this thing or what, whatever. And it, it's different. And we, that has opened up things, you know, conversations for you. Mm-hmm. So it has been even that traumatic, you know, point in your life mm-hmm. has been used to glorify God later. It's the going through mm-hmm. that is so hard to do. You can't see the end of it as you're walking through it. Mm-hmm. You know, now that now as you look back on it, you're like, you know, God has used it in this situation or God has used it in that mm-hmm. situation. God has made, you know, this open this door because of it and all that. Whereas when you're going through it, you didn't see any of those doors. Mm-hmm. So, um, the the other thing too, and I know we're going to be just a little bit long here, but just bear with us for a few moments. But I want to talk about this because in the Christian community, they also have this stigma about medicine. You know, like you shouldn't need medicine. And I'm going to tell you that when you go to the doctor, the first thing they do for a physical problem is give you medicine to help stabilize you. And so, like if you're in a place and you're really struggling, I'm. I'm not saying that you should try to be dependent on medicine the rest of your life, but don't be embarrassed or don't feel like it won't help you become stable so that you can become stabilized emotionally so that then the trained professional counselors can help you then make good decisions about how you move forward, you know. Right, and in you, you're in the right state of mind when you're making those decisions. You're not in that. But in the Christian community, they're like, "Well, where's your faith if you need medicine?" Well, my world's going to hell in a handbasket. I need, <laughs> I need, I need to be triaged. Right. You know, I mean, that's what emergency rooms are for: is to triage people to get them to a place where they can develop a longer pattern to find the healing and the recovery that they need. And. uh Man, I don't know. This may lead into a deeper conversation. We may even bring in some guest hosts if this is something you're interested in having more conversations with. So we'd love your feedback mm-hmm. from our family out there. I know it's heavy today, but it's a heavy topic. And I just believe there's somebody listening to us right now, and you're probably crying in your car or wherever you are, and you're wiping back tears because somebody you know is struggling. And um, and the greatest thing you can do to them is just say, I don't know what you need but I'm going to be it. You know, if that's not you, if you're in a good place, you know, I may not be able to understand it, but if you need, if you want to go do something fun and laugh, I'm going to go do it with you. If you just want to sit right here and cry all the way through the book of Psalms, I'll do it with you. You know, whatever it is, if you want to be angry, you know, here, I'll hold a pillow while you punch it, you know, something I'm going to be here because there's all those stages of grief. And as you move through those, Understand that Jesus said, weeping may endure for the night, but joy can come in the morning. And you can be there for him 
at night and in the morning. At night and, and in the morning. They, and that's the thing, they too. Come alongside. I guess that's the thing as a pastor. I, I've been so exposed to suicide, and so many people I know I've had to preside over funerals. And of course, it seems like people's number one answer on that is, well, does a person takes their life, they go to heaven or they go to hell, or what is that? Uh, that's not what we should be the most concerned about. And I would love to expound on that in a theological debate on another day. But um, the reality of it is, is that we need to be there to take that call because the thing is, I always wonder what, what was the last thing? What was the thing that pushed somebody too far? You know, what, what was it that was just a point of no return for them? And so, man, when somebody needs to talk, don't, don't dismiss it. Be a friend. Be patient. Um, find the space to come along beside somebody and make a huge difference. Because something so insignificant to you may be something huge to them. That's right. That's right. So on a high point, as Christy came into our life now, celebrating 11 years of marriage and uh, taking in two nine-year-old girls and loving them as your own and being there for them. And, oh, my goodness, was that an adjustment? <laughs> and, um, you know, you've loved was. us all the way through it. We have gone through graduation, and in two weeks, they'll be graduating from college. Oh, another graduation. And the high point of that for us is this. Listen to this. That what the devil means for evil and you think there's no good that can come out of it, God can use it for good. Yes. Because they're both graduating with an undergrad in some form of psychology. One is going on to be a family counselor to help families continue to repair the brokenness, and the other one wants to go into family law to help families who are struggling and don't seem to be able to find a way out. And when we asked them, why did you choose this profession? And uh, it's because they said these were two of the most impactful people in our life that came along beside and helped us. And when we, um, needed, when it, we needed right. it the most. And, you know, man, look, God can, I know that just really irks the devil to think that he destroyed a life, destroyed a family, and there's no good that can come out of it. But God says, just wait, I want to show you something. So no matter where you are, God can do great things. And I want to close with, I want to wrap this up with this. You know, I've been talking a lot in our sermons about the quote from C.S. Lewis that you cannot go back and rewrite the beginning, but you can change the end. And Christy decided to enlighten me on that whole passage uh, while we were away for our. No, I, um, I enlightened you on the podcast, didn't uh, I? No, last week. No, it was in the car going down the road with the boat behind us and, and stuff. Oh, so my bad. So anyway, tell us a little bit about that exactly what C.S. Lewis meant because I believe this is speak huge volumes to our listeners well this was on the podcast too i do it was on the podcast last week that i told you this it wasn't driving down the was road. it yeah am i losing okay. my mind you Maybe. are okay just well, a little mind. bit of it just I mean, but, let's, let's recap. but the the this recap of it is he didn't he was asked a question like why you know what do you do do you go back and read your stories and tweak them or whatever and i don't know the exact wording but he said no once the story's written the story's written the beginning's already written I, I can come along and change the end. You can stop wherever you are. You can start right there and change the end. It may not end like I thought it was going to at the beginning, but the beginning is the beginning. That's how it all starts. And then you go you go by and, and he had the option to go back and change the beginning because he was the author and he could do what he wanted to do. But he, he didn't. He chose whatever point he was to he could change the outlook. Something new could happen in the story then or something new could happen at the end, you know, to change the ending. But he didn't go back and rewrite the beginning. Once it was written, he left it written. And so um, that that's what his, his storyline was. And, you know, how many times do you have to rewrite the beginning? I don't rewrite the beginning. 
I start eating the writ- the beginning's written. I start where I am, and that's how I change mm-hmm. the end, or whatever the quote is. Yeah. I'm, I'm misquoting and so, today. Man, that's where you are, right where you are in life. You can just move forward and begin to change the end because you cannot go back and undo yeah. any of the stuff in your past. So do not let your past define your future. But you can build on it, and you can stand on it and learn from and it. And there's great value in it. Yes. Because God never wastes a hurt. Nope, and he has no regrets. So that's a heavy that's topic for today. Uh, wow. Jump right in. <laughs> so, man, we're fired up. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for all your prayers, helping us pray these kids through college. We'll be celebrating that, and so it'll be good things happening. We will. Update on the farm and the garden. Christy's garden's having a tough time. If it's not the dogs, it's the grass. What's wrong with the potatoes the grass, now? It's the water. The potatoes are good, but... The potatoes are the best thing. Everything so. that does not like a lot of water, it, it's which it's going to be great in July in Louisiana, but not so much in April, May, because so, it's gotten a lot of water. Are, things are going great there, though. So we, uh, yeah. we are excited about that and excited about all our opportunities. And so we're excited about the summer. You guys are on the countdown. A couple of weeks school left. And so uh, it's the party period. The party My, our kids period. have parties every other day or every day, sometimes every day of the week. Next, We week. look at your calendar at lunch. It's like zoo trip, field trip. Bowling lunch, trip. Bowling, yeah. That's right. All right. So. What we want you to do is to be patient, be kind, be compassionate, be considerate as you're trying to stay humble and help people walk this thing out. Call faith. God has big plans. Please like and share this episode because we believe somebody out there needs to hear it. We believe that it will help them right where they really are. We'll see you next week right here on Real Talk.